Welcome to Killer Bees. This is not a Wu-Tang podcast. I'm Tori Vitenza. I'm Garrett Smith. And this is a podcast where we uh, profile B-movie and genre film stars. Uh, we can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Gmail, and on MovieJohn.com, where we are part of the Movie John Podcast Network. Our artwork is by Alex Schneider, and our music is by Christine Rayburn and her partner, Pat. Yeah. Another episode of Killer Bees. Yep. Uh, let's talk about some genre movies that we have been watching. I know you told me you have a couple that you were interested in talking about. Yeah. One of them, which uh, maybe we'll go into more detail soon, so I won't talk a ton about it, but... Uh, a few days ago, we did watch a film called Female Prisoner Number 701 Scorpion. What a great title. What a great movie. Yep. And this is one of four movies uh, that star Maiko Kaji, who uh, is probably best known for her role as the lead in uh, Lady Snowblood. Um, she's incredible. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it because we're definitely going to go more in depth later. But this is a great movie and she's amazing in it. And um, initially, this was a turnoff for me because... Like I've mentioned before, I used to work at a historic prison, and so I feel like sometimes movies set in prisons can be a little triggering with their depictions of how uh, prison, prison, life? prison life is yeah. for people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was a weird one, but ultimately loved it, probably mostly because uh, Kaji's so good, but this She's also great. is like really great filmmaking where it's like a little trippy like yeah. the whole time too. Yeah. Um, like there's a scene where there's like a prison fight and one of the girls straight up like just looks like a demon. Like they turn her into this <laughs> yeah. like Japanese demon. Yeah. Uh, it's really awesome. Yeah, it's... Uh... One of those movies where it, it feels like it was made for $10, but with those $10, they did incredible things. Yeah. Uh, I really liked this movie a lot. Um, yeah, it was really great. Yeah, and, uh, you know, maybe we will be doing some episodes on... Perhaps. It's coming up. Yeah. I actually couldn't think of the actress's name. That was Maiko what I was going to say. Maiko Kaji. Like, yeah, or Maiko Kaji. Maiko Kaji. Okay. Uh, also, that being said, if anyone has the biography that was written about her... Please contact us because I am searching everywhere for it. It was uh, put out by Arrow a few years ago, and I need to find it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's legitimately very hard to find and very expensive if you can find it. So yeah, it was like three hundred dollars on Amazon, yeah. and I was like, "What? Okay." Yeah, so we're trying to get our hands on that yeah. through other means. Yeah, you know, more if you affordable have it means. and you could yeah. give it to us or let us borrow it, yeah. I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I realized I have a movie that's like kind of thematically linked here that I could talk about. Yeah. Um, because, um, I mean, loosely thematically linked. I don't know. Uh, this movie called Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. Oh, yeah. Directed by John Ho. John Howe. I'm not sure how to say that. Uh, this stars Peter Fonda, which I was thinking about being linked just because uh, he made so many movies with Warren Oates. Yeah. Um, who uh, Harry Dean made so many movies with. But, um... This is like a just a car movie from the 70s. I like car movies, especially from the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, it's like about like I don't, like a race car driver that's also like a getaway driver. Mm. That's like how he makes like some money on the side. And uh, he, it's like it's the story of him on the run from the law. Uh, and this woman 
that he's like kind of tied up with uh, named Mary, played by Susan George. And Mary's like this incredible character who's like dumb but not stupid, I would say. Mm, and her and and uh, Susan George and Peter Fonda's chemistry are just like off the charts in this movie. And they're really, really fun to spend a movie with. And it is just a, I don't know, I liked this movie a lot. Yeah. I think the cinematography is like really great. Uh, it's got a fantastic, really crazy ending. I loved this movie. This was like a big discovery for me. I literally only watched it because I bought a Blu-ray that is a double feature of this and Ride with the Devil. Race with the Devil. Race with the Devil. Yeah. Which stars him and Warren Oates. Uh, Peter which Bond I like. Warren Oates. Yeah. And uh, I, I bought that just for Race with the Devil because it was the only way I could get that but on Blu-ray. the other Blu-ray. one's got such a great name. And then I was like, I guess I'm going to watch this because I own it and I loved it. Yeah. I really, really loved oh, it. Oh, that's dope. Great movie. Yeah. Um, another thing I did want to bring up, so the other day I watched a film that has just recently premiered at South by Southwest uh, called Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror, uh, directed by Kier uh, Lejeunesse, and she wrote a book that I just finished called uh, House of Psychotic Women that's all on like the betrayal of mental health in females in uh, horror movies. It's amazing. This documentary is really good, except it's three and a half hours long. Like It is long as shit. Um, but it goes through like um, where folk horror kind of began. So they talk about British folk horror, American folk horror, and then uh, try to do some international ones as well. So I definitely added a lot of films to my watch list, but people like Robert Eggers, Alice Lowe, uh, Alexandra Heller, Nicholas all make appearances in it and talk about it. So it's very cool. That's cool. We are fans of all of those yeah. people. So if you can find it, check it out uh, because it's it's pretty cool. It's just super long. It made a really big splash at uh, South by Southwest. I think yeah. it'll be very available yeah. pretty soon. I think uh, you and I are going to watch a lot of movies that they talked about that sound very cool. So that'll be really fun. I'm into it. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's really all I have right now. Well, why don't we continue our journey with Harry Dean Stanton? All right, let's do it. So, yeah, we are going to talk about the second half of uh, his career going from 1985 uh, to his uh, death in the 2000s. Um, so, you know, Harry Dean, we love him so much. I'm really excited to talk more about his uh, career and yeah. uh, specifically his work with like a particular director that yes. happens a lot in like the second second part of his career right the second phase of his career is where i feel like i know him best from yeah. and that's because of some of the filmmakers i am fans of yeah. who were fans and friends of his mm-hmm. um and uh this also gave us the opportunity to watch another couple of great movies that i had not seen so yeah. i'm excited to talk about this part of his career yeah me too um so the first one uh that i have is in 1985 harry dean stan was in uh, disney's film one magic christmas about an angel who must show a mother the true meaning of christmas and harry dean plays gideon the angel Whoa. so uh it's Kind of sounds cute. Uh, uh, Mary- it's like rated G, so it's like very family friendly. Mary Steenburgen stars in this movie. I love Mary Steenburgen. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love like how these people have made like appearances in like Disney movies. Like Pam Greer was in that uh, Something yeah. Wicked This Way Comes movie, which yeah. is really funny. Um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, he plays the old man in a film called Fool for Love, which is a drama that stars Kim Basing- Basinger and uh, Sam Shepard. All right, all right. And then in 1986, uh, Harry Dean Stanton was uh, in Pretty in Pink, which is a movie that I have seen a lot uh, because I do love like 80s uh, 
rom-com kind of stuff like that. And this is a movie that I like found deeply romantic when I was in like middle <laughs> school and was like, oh, this is what love is like. Uh, so I was a little embarrassed to watch this with Garrett, but because Harry Dean was in it, we watched it. Yeah. And I yeah. had never seen it. Uh-huh. Like I, uh, I like John Hughes, but I've never been like a huge. Yeah. I feel like my generation is really into John Hughes in a way that I'm not necessarily. Yeah. Um, and so I never saw this one, and uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I mean, I I don't know if I would have enjoyed it for the same reasons had I seen it as a teenager, yeah. but like. Now watching it, it's just like a lot of charming young male actors that I think are pretty cute, playing cute characters. Even James Spader, who is playing a very James Spader character, which is to say he's like an evil maniac, uh, is super sexy as this young evil maniac. I like like, loved watching him in this movie, especially as I've grown to love James Spader so much. I'm like, oh damn, Like you were so good at playing the 80s bad boy. I just love that he is this exact archetype like from such a young age yeah Um, and I find uh, Andrew McCarthy is that correct yes I find him very adorable because of this movie I think he's so charming and I had a huge crush on him I loved him in this movie I like the read on these characters in this movie Mm -hmm. where like I actually was afraid that he was going to break her heart in the end yeah because he's still is a rich kid, you know? Yeah. And I I don't know. I, I like thought this movie did a pretty good yeah. job actually of like telling the story it was trying to tell. Yeah. Except in the realm of Ducky, who might be the queerest character a movie has ever tried to tell me as a straight man. Yep. It's uh, so weird. It, just, I don't know what is going on with Ducky in this movie. I think it's really weird that Ducky, like my understanding is like popped off the screen and people loved Ducky. And that is not to say, I like John Cryer. I even like his performance as Ducky. There's a lot of, like, Team Ducky. And I'm like, no, she shouldn't end up with Ducky, No obviously. way, because Ducky needs to figure himself out. Before, yeah. Like, He's the friend zone dude. Yeah. You don't fall for the friend zone dude. Yeah, right. They're kind of problematic. I was going to say, that's a problematic role in yeah. the first place. Let alone the fact that, in my opinion, it's very clear that actually Ducky is yeah. gay and sublimating is... It's like... I think there's a lot more going on with the yeah. Ducky character that Ducky needs to learn about before yeah. we even worry about whether he belongs with this young yes. girl or not. Um, great outfits, great 80s soundtrack. Of, yes, I think yes. I own this on vinyl. Oh, and my God, Annie Potts is in this movie. <sighs> she's so sexy in this movie. I love Annie Potts. I have always loved Annie Potts. Yeah. I think she's such a babe. I love and, her. Like, she is, has such a great role yeah. in this where she's like... Supposed to be like quote unquote like past her prime and needing to like settle down. Yeah, she's like in her thirties in this movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's like actually. But I actually think that the movie is trying to like instruct us as an audience on like yeah. stop thinking about women in their thirties as past their prime. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that is her role in this movie. Yeah. Is like. Yeah, because she's like actually still this like very sexy, very like God. She um, has such great, outfits. such personality, like these big. But then like is feeling like oh my god, like yeah. do I need to settle down? How do I go about doing that when I, I am such like a free spirit? Like yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought her character was great. She's she was so, like, cute. so good in it. And then Harry Dean plays this really actually interesting kind of strange character in this where like yeah, so he's uh uh what's her name Molly Ringwald Molly Ringwald's father who. Yeah. I kind of think we're supposed to think is maybe an alcoholic. I'm not so. sure. It's weird. The movie um, like won't put a name on it, but it seems pretty clear that that's what's yeah. going on. Um, but mostly it's just that uh, 
his wife, her mother left them yeah, and he's very uh, depressed. he still is in love with her. Yeah. And so because of this, like can't work, like doesn't want to work, yeah. uh, has trouble holding a job. And yeah. so Molly Ringwald's character is kind of like the responsible one that's like pushing him to like, dad, I need you to work. I yeah. need you to do this stuff yeah. while he's like figuring stuff out. And so he is this, like you're right, he's this complex character that is kind of like a loser in a sense, but yeah. then we see him also just be like the most caring and loving father figure. Yes, yeah. He's so supportive of his daughter, even though he's having so much, so many issues. He's always like, oh my God, you made a new outfit. Like, yeah. that's so beautiful. That's yeah. so great. Like, you're amazing. And yeah. it's just like so much positive reinforcement. This kind of emotional support of her yeah. is like a very um, great kind of role model yeah. type character. Mm-hmm. Even though I would say otherwise, he does serve the role of being like, you know, in a very John Hughes sense, like this kind of problematic parent parental figure that like um, is causing a lot of drama for his children. You know, like um, it's interesting that he's that that the this movie lets him be so complex, like lets him be both of those things, yeah, and, and and lets him lets there be a real motivation for him being like a little bit of a piece of shit as a dad. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. Um, yeah. I, and he is really good in mm-hmm. this movie. He's like, great. I really like him in this role, especially as a, a man that uh, is not a parent. Um, I actually think there is something kind of clear in his performance where you can kind of tell that he's not actually a parent in real life. There's something about yeah. his performance where he does feel a little bit, um, aspirational as far as like the like the moments where he's a good parent it's like no real parent is ever this yeah this is good what I, this, like oh you know? this is what parents should be like yeah, right yeah, and you're yeah, like yeah. you know even the best parent isn't yeah, necessarily yeah, right, like yeah, that yeah. yeah um but um but i but i like him uh, in this role a lot yeah he's he's really really good um so yeah definitely check out pretty in pink if you have not already um, he is then in 1987 in a film called Slam Dance. I've uh, never seen Slam Dance, which have you stars seen Slam Dance? Tom Holch and uh, Virginia Madsen, who uh, Harry Dean works a lot with. I have not seen this because uh, the the lead is the guy that plays Amadeus, and I don't think I've seen him in anything besides Amadeus because okay. I think he's mostly a Broadway actor. Right, and you're like a big, you're a huge Amadeus fan. Yeah, I know, like you yeah. and your family are big, big Amadeus people. Yeah, my mom loves Amadeus. Yeah. My sister stopped. Anzi is named after right. his wife. Yeah, um, uh, and I loved this movie when I watched it a couple years ago for an article I wrote okay. on uh, Cinema Seventy Six. Oh, that's so funny. And uh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, I had never. He's seen so it before. cute looking. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's really really great in that movie in particular. So yeah, I mean, I would like to watch this. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I saw that. And I was like, that's hilarious. Um, and then in 1988, uh, Harry Dean is in a film called Stars and Bars. Uh, a British art expert travels across America in order to purchase a rare uh, Renoir painting in the South, hmm. uh, which stars uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and oh Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, yeah. Wow. so uh, oh, really wild. And they're like the top two build yeah, here. They're, yeah, they're both the, oh, the high build ones. David is in this movie, Spalding Gray. Yeah, it's weird. Joan Cusack. Very interesting. Oh, I'm I'm gonna add this one to my watch list. Yeah, I like did not have not heard of this one at all. Yeah. Um he's then in a film called Mr. North that has Robert Mitchum, Lauren Bacall, and Angel Angelica Houston. So another great cast that yeah. he's working with. And ro- working with Robert Mitchum again. Yeah, that's very interesting. I've never heard of this one either. Uh, and then uh, the same year he is in Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ, which stars William Defoe. 
Yeah. Which I didn't realize that William Defoe starred in that movie. I've never seen it, but I have I know of it. Like I've heard of it a bunch. I've not seen this either. I would really like to see this. Um this is a movie I, I was a big Kevin Smith fan as a teenager. He talks about this movie all the time. This is like one of his favorites. Because mm. I think the idea of this movie, if I'm not mistaken, is that it's like it, it takes the idea that I, I think the concept of the movie is that Christ and Mary Magdalene actually were like straight up a couple, mm. and that that is something that the Bible is trying to distance itself from. Ooh, I'm kind of into that. So I think it's like it's literally like a sexy Jesus story. You know, it's like it's like what <laughs> if Je- what if Jesus, Jesus, but he fucked. You know, like <laughs> I think it's like I think that's kind of the idea of it, and um, you know, Scorsese has, uh, I think, a complicated relationship with his Catholic faith mm. uh, that comes out a lot throughout his career. Interesting. It's one of the more direct movies that he made in regards to that. Like, okay. It's something I've always really wanted to see and have been curious about. Huh. And just Defoe starring in a Scorsese movie seems like very interesting to me, you know? Yeah. Um, in 1989, uh, Harry Dean was in a film called Dream a Little Dream that stars uh, both the Corey boys. Uh, oh, the Corys are the in this. The Corys are in, the, in this. They star in it. Uh, an accident puts into the consciousness of an elderly dream researcher into a body of a bratty teenager. What? It sounds interesting. Uh, I have a note here that uh, Roger uh, Roger Ebert so admires Harry Dean Stanton, he created the Stanton Walsh rule, which states that no movie featuring either Harry Dean Stanton or Emmett Walsh uh, is in a supporting role can be altogether bad. Uh-huh. Ebert later admitted that Dream a Little Dream, in which Stanton appears, was a clear violation of this rule. <laughs> oh Hilarious. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't seen many of the Corey movies. Me neither, uh, actually. But I, I just think it's funny, because I know that that is like a thing. I think maybe the only one I've seen is uh, Lost Boys. Right, yeah, and I've not yeah. seen that either. I think I've seen none of the Corey's movies. Oh, interesting. I mean, I've seen movies with, a, I think, either Corey in them. I don't like think I've seen Corey. any of the Corey's movies. Yeah, interesting. Isn't there another one called Drive? Maybe? I don't know. I think so. I also think like they're both kind of like weird, so I'm like, I don't know why this was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he... Uh, Harry Dean then stars in uh, Twister, not to be confused with the 1996 Twister, just so we all know. This is like a family drama. I was going to say, do we know what this Twister is? Yeah, it's like just about like uh, like dysfunctional family stuff. And I was like, oh, I was like really disappointed because I've never seen Twister, the 1996 one. And I was like, I was about to text you and be like, Harry Dean is in Twister. We're going to fucking watch Twister tonight. And then I was like, nope, this is a different movie. I mean, this is just a great excuse for me to go look at the cast of Twister right after this podcast and figure out who on it we can do so that I can get you to watch Twister. Oh, I know. Because Twister is a blast. I would love to watch it. I don't know why I haven't seen it. Uh, And then we get to his career in the 90s. So uh, Harry Dean uh, in 1990 was in a film called The Fourth War starring Roy Scheider. Hmm. Uh, And then he plays Johnny Farragut in Wild at Heart, uh, which is a David Uh. Lynch film that we fell in love with and have talked about before uh, because David Patrick Kelly was in this movie also. Um, And Harry Dean, uh, I believe his character is like kind of searching for um, Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern because they're on the run um, and is not like hired by the mom, but like he's in love with her mom. And so he's kind of like this like schluppy guy that just like has to do this thing because he loves this woman who's a piece of shit, <laughs> uh, which I think is really funny. Um, 
so he's just kind of like a pushover. And we watched like a, because we both had trouble remembering some of like his role in this, as well as um, David Patrick Kelly. Yeah, it's it's the problem of a Lynch movie, right? It's so dreamlike. By the yeah. time you're done with it, you're like, what happened in that movie? And the scene we watched literally feels like a dream. Yeah. Harry Dean has like uh, been captured by these people, one of which is uh, David Patrick Kelly. The other is the actress that plays... Uh, uh, in Twin Peaks, she plays Laura Palmer's mother. Yes. Uh, which I think is maybe the only thing I've seen her in besides uh, that. Um, I think she's in like quite a bit of stuff. I um, bet. Um, uh, Grace Zabriskie. Yeah, and uh, in the in the particular scene we're watching, um, Harry Dean Stanton's been duct taped, but there have been lips drawn on the duct tape, like where his mouth is, it was which very, is really funny. That actually made me laugh while we were watching the scene where I was like, it actually looks like he has a mouth with which to speak, yeah. even though I know he does not. Yep. And they're like, it looks like she's about to like cast some sort of like voodoo spell yeah. on him, which I was sitting there being like, how does this connect to any of Wild at Heart? <laughs> I know. <laughs> It is funny, like watching some, like we watched a couple scenes from his movies out of context just to kind of remind ourselves of his roles in uh, some of these things. And like out of context, I really had no idea what I was watching. Nope. No Uh, idea. Even though I like, I love this movie. I really fell in love with this movie when we watched it. And I'm like very much looking forward to watching it again. But I really couldn't describe most of the movie to you in any meaningful way right now. Yeah. Yep. I, I just remember how much I loved. Cage and Dern in it, yeah. and the love that their character shared, yeah. and how this like really bizarre, violent movie was like so romantic, yeah. and actually made me believe in them and yeah. their love for one another by the end. It's like a really weird, fucked up, like I don't know. It reminds me of like a fairy tale. Like it gave me yeah. like Wizard of Oz vibes yeah. for some reason, and I'm like, but this is like really fucked up. Yeah. Like how how is it a fairy tale? But yeah. I I loved it. Um. Then in 1991, Harry Dean was in a film called Payoff uh, with John Saxon, who we've talked about. Uh, This is an action film about a kid who unknowingly carries a bomb to his parents. When they get killed, the kid is traumatized. Many years later, he vows revenge against the criminals who gave him the bomb. Wild. Wild. Yeah, uh, it sounds absolutely insane. We probably should watch it. This sounds <laughs> crazy. According to this, it's a TV movie, by the way. Oh, hell, I by mean, hey. Also, like, that seems like a very violent premise for a TV movie. Not that TV yeah. movies can't be violent, but, like, a kid carries a bomb to his parents. Like, all of that sounds really fucked up. This sounds so what? Uh, yeah. Keith Carradine and Kim Grice star in this. Boy, oh boy, gotta find this one. Holy yep. moly. Uh, and then the following year, uh, 1992, he, uh, Harry Dean is in Fire Walk With Me, uh, yes. which uh, it his character is really interesting because he wasn't in any of the initial Twin Peaks. Correct. His storyline is kind of added in, and we'll then talk about it later on with the return. Yes. Uh, comes back. He, like, runs, like, the trailer park. Um, and I just remember, like, him being such a nice, like, added role because it's like i mean twin peaks is so weird where you have these essential characters you care about yes. and in fire walk with me you only get like snippets of those characters and it's mostly about laura right so to add this extra layer of like harry dean's character in it that like owns this trailer home is really weird but and he's like he's a great presence in this i think yeah, because he's like great. i mean this is very much like the thing of twin peaks ge- mm-hmm. in general but like he, you feel like there's some, dra- 
role that he serves dramatically to the larger fabric yeah. of this thing. But when you're actually watching him on screen, he's just like this weird, compelling, simple character mm-hmm. that's not really connected to the larger drama, but feels very significant to it. Yeah. Just in that way that like just everybody on Twin Peaks kind of serves that sort of same role that I'm describing. But like, yeah, yeah I don't know. He, I really like him in this role, especially yeah. because of how he ends up getting used yeah. again in, in the return. Yeah. I mean, it's such a weird, but awesome addition yeah. to Twin Peaks. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, when I talked in our last episode about like, I used to think of him as a carpenter guy. Now he really feels like a Lynch guy to me. Me too. It, that, that it feels like Lynch is that thing of like, um, you know, these two artists that meet and it's like, oh, these guys like get and complement each yeah, other. Yeah, they just like meld together yeah. and it creates something Harry Dean, beautiful. Like, is a David Lynch character yeah. and and like exists to be in David Lynch movies. And like David Lynch exists to like put Harry Dean type yes. characters on screen, you know? Yeah, I have a quote from David Lynch that says, What I love about Harry Dean is sitting with him. We both smoke cigarettes and I like to sit and just be with Harry Dean. Yeah, that sounds right. And I'm like, that's so like cute. Yeah. I love it. It gives me all the feels. Um, then, uh, same year, uh, Harry Dean is in a film called Man Trouble, which stars Jack Nicholson and Ellen Barkin, uh, and it's got Harry Dean in it, of course. Uh, He's the mustache ears for uh, Nicholson. Yeah, I mean, and then this is him, like, continuing to work with his friend Nicholson. Like, you know what? This is, like, 20 years later, right? Yep. And the film is, a, I've never heard of this film, but it says a sleazy but affable guard dog trainer is blackmailed to steal a manuscript for a tell-all book from one of his clients. What? Yeah. I would like to see this, please. It also <laughs> stars Beverly D'Angelo, Michael McKeon. Like, there's some interesting people in this. Such fascinating stuff going on in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Def gonna watch this. Gotta tell you. Putting that one right on the watch list. Um, he was in a TV film about uh, host- uh, called, called Hostages, which was about hostages in Beirut uh, that stars Kathy Bates and Colin Firth. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, in 1994, he was in a TV movie called Against the Wall, uh, which is about an Attica prison riot oh. that stars Samuel L. Jackson and Kyle Mac- McLaughlin. What? Uh, and they're both prison guards, I believe. This is wild to me that, like, because I, I feel like I've spent my whole life kind of with the notion that like TV movies are like the dregs of both TV and movies. Yes. Yeah. But like the, these big names keep popping up in these TV movies. Yep, it's insane to me. Yeah. Um in 94 he's in a film called Blue Tiger about a woman who uh is seeking revenge after her son is killed in the crossfire of uh, Japanese gangsters. Oh. Uh which also stars Virginia Madsen again. Yeah. Um, it looks like this has, oh, it's based on a story by a Japanese writer. I was going to say, it's like interesting. It's looks like a Japanese script, but a, but no, I, I guess it's just based on a, a story by a Japanese yeah. writer. Um, in 1995, he has an uncredited role in Agnes Varda's film 101 Nights, which I've never oh. seen any Agla- Agnes uh, Varda. Me neither. I know she, people I mean, love her. Yeah, all of our movie friends are big Varda fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's interesting to also think of him in one of her movies. Yeah. Um, he's then in a film called Never Talk to Strangers, which stars Antonio Banderas. This sounds like a film that's up my alley. It's about a criminal psychologist who embarks in a torrid affair with a seductive stranger. <laughs> uh, and there is something about these, like, 90s, like, I don't know, 
sexy thrillers that I find very fun. Oh, and do you know who stars in this movie? Who? Rebecca De Mornay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So oh. I wonder if this is how they meet or just in the midst of their relationship or, or what. Because I think they were together in the 90s. Yeah. So that, that could be it, which is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, the cover for this, I mean, very much is something that I think, like, seems right up your alley. Oh, right? yeah. I mean... It looks like a romance novel. Like, a, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I before I got into horror, like, thrillers were definitely my thing. And, like, sexy thrillers, I was like, oh, I, like, shouldn't be watching this because I'm, like, in middle school, but I might watch it. It's also a 1995 movie, which means Dennis Miller is actually, like, in the cast list and a popular actor, which is a weird <laughs> thing that happened in his career at one point. Hey, Chachi. Um, in 1996, he was in like another sexy thriller called Playback. Uh, he was in a comedy yeah. called Down uh, Periscope oh, yeah, Down with Kelsey Periscope. Grammer, which I I had never heard of. I don't Classic think. video store rental. Oh, Classic okay. 90s video store rental. Down Periscope. Kelsey Grammer. I don't remember this movie at all. I feel like but you I definitely, definitely got it watched at, it. Okay. Or I just saw it at the rental store all the time. Yeah. I, I, I have no real memory of this movie, mm-hmm. so I'm not really sure. Kelsey Grammer just doesn't make sense to me outside of Frasier, I think. Yeah. So I'm like, a comedy with him? What? <laughs> like, does he just play Frasier on a ship? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, ostensibly, he's a, a comedic persona, right? I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, he also is in 30 Rock as himself yeah. uh, and is really amazing. Yeah. But yeah, very odd to me. Uh, and then in 1997, he was in a mystery called Midnight Blue. Uh, he was in a film called She's So Lovely with Robin Wright, Sean Penn, and John Travolta, Whoa. Uh, which, I mean, that sounds like such a generic title where I'm like, that kind of sounds familiar, but. I mean, it, it looks like a generic 90s movie to look at like the cover and stuff. Yeah. It's like after a man is released from a psychiatric institution, he tries to redeem himself to the eyes of his now ex-wife. Hmm. Um, I kind of want to want it want to watch it just because I love Robin Wright. I think she's amazing. Looks, looks like James Gandolfini is in it. Like there, there's yeah. some interesting people circling around this. All right, okay. Um, Harry Dean was also in a Steven Seagal film called Fire Down Below. Never seen it. It is on my list. It's funny. I now have like multiple Seagal movies to watch based on other actors yep. that we've talked about. I couldn't tell you if this is on my watch list or not because all Steven Seagal movies sound the same. I think so. they. All have the exact same cover too, where he—it's just like his face on the cover, yeah, it's like a and like close up. the title over his head, his big forehead. Yeah. yeah. Um. In 1998, he plays the judge in *Fear and Loathing* in Las Vegas, which I, I've definitely seen this, but I don't remember that. I've seen this movie multiple times, and I don't know yeah. who the judge it's is. It's got to be a small means. role. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was then uh, in The Mighty, a comedy drama with Karen Cullen and Sharon Stone. All right, all right. And is in a film called A Civil Action. Classic. Which is such a 90s title. Classic airplane movie, baby. You saw this one on an aeroplane. I don't think I did, but yeah, it's John Travolta, yeah. Robert Duvall, Tony Shalhoub, William H. Macy. It's got a crazy cast. John Lithgow, like, damn. Yeah, this is... Uh, James Gandolfini again, yeah. This is one of those um, like legal thriller movies yes. that's sort of about like... Uh, a big corporation is literally killing people because it's like it's like taking advantage of loopholes mm. in certain like environmental laws 
And so it's like dumping waste somewhere. So I forget exactly, but it's like what? Not <laughs> a company would right. do that to people. Yeah, Crazy. and so it's like, and it feels like you know, like Aaron Brockovich. Like there were a bunch of these yeah. movies in the '90s that were about sort of like literally civil action. They were about yeah. like civilians sort of like taking on these big corporations. Yeah. Um, and he, I think he plays like a Travolta's like a lawyer that is like taking on this case, and and I think ends up being like compelled by mm. the case itself. You know. Um, I feel like I'm, I feel bad because I do like a lot of like, you know, crime related movie stuff, but yeah. like there's something about any courtroom drama that sounds yeah. terribly boring to I'm me. I'm with you about courtroom drama specifically. Yeah. I'm like not really into courtroom me drama. Me neither. I'm like, oh, it all takes place in court. Blech. I also, there are so many tropes of what the courtroom drama is yeah. that I feel like I know and do seem to show up anytime I actually watch yeah. one. And so it's always like, why would I ever watch one of these? I've seen them all. Yeah. I saw that one comment comedy sketch that made every joke that you could make out of these yep. and it pretty much covers what all of yeah, these are i get it i watched a lot of a lot of or- law and order svu back in the day <laughs> yeah. like i get it yeah. <laughs> um he was then in a film called ballad of the nightingale again with virginia madsen he did a lot of stuff with virginia i know madsen. it's so interesting and then in 1999 he was in david lynch's the straight story yeah so i've seen the straight story this is another one of my college years movies mm. where like friends of mine were getting into like lynch for instance like yeah my buddy ron got really into him we started watching a bunch of his movies this one was always interesting to us. One, because the premise is kind of funny mm. in a weird way. It's literally about a guy that like rides his lawnmower, mm. I, maybe across the country. It might only be like across a state. That, that plot sounds like a David Lynch thing. Yeah, like it might only be across a state. I might be across the country. But like farther be. than one should go. Should just drive a riding lawnmower, yeah. yes. And it's like to see like, I forget, like his long lost brother or I forget, someone from yeah. his past that he hasn't seen in a long time. For some reason, he needs to go see them, and he just takes his tractor across, like, you know, a long distance to see them. And it's, like, for a Lynch movie, it's, like, a very literally straight story. It's, like, a very straightforward, not that crazy story, except that it is still very Lynchian and that it's, like, about this, like, very strange thing this very strange person is committed to doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, And it's, like, kind of lovely. I just remember it being, like, a very lovely, warm Mm. movie that like it feels very warm towards this yeah. kind of like strange character that is its subject matter. I also love that Ron got into David Lynch because that is even more meaningful that he got us uh, David Lynch's book on meditation and stuff. Yeah, he's a... who got me into Lynch. He, yeah. I remember uh, the first, I think the first Lynch thing, maybe Eraserhead was the first Lynch thing I ever saw. I'm not sure. But I remember Ron very specifically introducing me to Mulholland cool. Drive uh, and being like, this is like a really weird, beautiful thing that yeah. we need to like watch together. Oh, and, dope. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, his last uh, film in the 90s is he plays Toot Toot in The Green Mile, which toot toot. I think I've seen The Green Mile, like maybe just in parts. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Big shrug for me. This is one of those yeah. movies that I might have seen. I think I've seen. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen The Green Mile. It's also one of those ones where it's like between the the two like Stephen King like dramas, like I prefer like Shawshank, sure. uh, you know, where yeah. I'm like Shawshank's like fucking incredible. And I'm like The Green Mile, like. Also, just sounds like I don't prison movies again are like hard for me, but yeah. like Green Mile sounds deeply depressing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like I've seen this. I'm not really sure if I've seen this. Yeah. Uh, I, I, honestly, even knowing Harry Dean's in it, I don't know if I would go out of my way to. I know. Watch it again to see if I've seen it or not. Yeah, it's it's hard. But he does play a character named Toot Toot. Toot Toot. <laughs> so maybe I do want to watch it. <laughs> 
um, and then, yeah, we get to his career in the 2000s. So um, he was a series regular on HBO's Big Love, which I think I maybe watched some of the first season of that I've show. I've never seen and I would like to. And doesn't that star? Um, what the hell? Come on. Uh Keep talking. I'll, I'll figure it okay. out. Okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, after that, uh, his first like film role I have down here in the 2000s, he's in The Man Who Cried uh, with Christina Ricci and Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Okay. By the way, Bill Paxton, star of Big Love. That's what oh, I yeah, thought. Oh, yeah. Bill Paxton. Yeah. Yes. That's what I thought. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I. It's fine. I mean, there's. I don't care about Mormon stories at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have uh, complicated feelings about uh, the Mormon uh, yeah. church. Yeah. And uh, it seems weird to dramatize this stuff. But also, I get why this would be compelling as a drama. Oh, yeah, because HBO's like, oh, this guy has three wives. Exactly, and, yeah. And he's I fucking mean, all the time. It feels like the Mormon thing yeah. is actually like a, a, like the C plot of what I understand the yeah. show to be, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, he's then in a film called Sand, which was an early Norman uh, Reedus movie um, in 2001. Oh, Norman Reedus. Reedus. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, in 2001, he was in The Pledge, uh, which was directed by Sean Penn. Uh, yeah. Which I didn't really know that Sean Penn like had much for directing credits or any, uh, so, so I was surprised. I believe that Sean Penn has directed a handful of movies. Okay. And uh, hold on one second, I think... Yeah, this is another Nicholson movie. Oh yeah. Um, so this is more of him, you know, working with his his buddy Jack. Yep. His old buddy Jack. His buddy Jack. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, since it sounded like you, but uh, yeah, so he directed. Uh, speaking of Sean Penn, uh, like quite a few things, but the big one is Into the Wild. Oh, that that was uh, his kind of big like Oscar. Okay. Ploy. I think I read the book but didn't see the movie. I think I also read the book. Although I like what's his face. Movie. Yeah, we both like Emil Hirsch. Even though I don't. Even though I think, think he might I'm... be not a great yeah, person. Yeah, he's like not great. I think he hit a person. Yeah, if I remember right, he, he might be a problematic person. Yeah, but I do. Um, enjoy but I do his... like him as an actor. Yes. Uh, yeah, Sean Penn directed that. That's like his okay. big. Uh, that was his big Oscar push. Okay, sorry. Wanted to. No, you're fine. Yeah. Because uh, now we're going to talk about the fact that uh, Harry Dean had an uncredited role in Rob Schneider's The Animal, which is our movie. I definitely remember when they were advertising for yep. it. Did not see. Yeah, I. I think that I remember enjoying Rob Schneider when I was a teenager and maybe being interested in this movie, but I do not think I saw this one. I think that this was towards the tail end of, is Rob Schneider funny? And was one of the movies that was like, probably not. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, he's then in 2002, he's in a film called Sunny, which was directed by Nick Cage. So another person that I was like, you directed a movie? What? Uh, yeah. So this is my big regret on this whole list of Harry Dean movies that I did not go out of my way to, uh, get my hands on. Yeah. Because, you know, he's worked with, uh, you know, Nick Cage a couple times then, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I really am a big Nick Cage fan. And so it's, uh, you know. I'm deeply disappointed in myself that I didn't seek out the movie that he apparently directed and I didn't know existed yeah. until this list. Yeah, don't you hope in your um, for your midlife crisis to be like Nick Cage? Isn't that a thing you told me? Of course James <laughs> Franco stars in the movie that Nicolas Cage directed. Oh, that makes sense. That makes too much sense. Yeah, it does. I bet this movie is scary. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um... 
Uh, same year, he's in a film called Gianostra with uh, Harvey Keitel, and then he also has an uncredited role in Anger Management. With so his again, old boy Jack. Yeah, so many uh, people I've that he I've also seen Anger Management. I don't remember Harry Dean in that movie. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a huge uh, Adam Sandler fan, so I think I saw maybe some of it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was towards the, t- uh, you know, that's like the end of me being interested Is he in funny? Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yep. Um, in 2004, he was in a movie called Pada with Bobby D. Thornton. Um, What'd you call him, Bobby D. Thornton? B- Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah. <laughs> Bobby D. Bobby D. Thornton, Why baby. did that happen? <laughs> Why is my mouth so fucked up? I don't get it. So it's a movie called Crystal, and he plays a character named Pada? Pada. Okay. Uh, he was in a movie called The Big Bounce with Owen Wilson and Morgan Freeman. Okay. Uh, in 2005, he was in uh, Skip's, uh, he was Skip Summers in The Wendell Baker Story, which was directed by Luke Wilson. Some, okay, I remember this movie. I remember when it came out. Again, stars Owen Wilson. Yeah, I didn't realize that Luke Wilson actually directed yeah. this. It's interesting how many movies he was in where I was like, wait, this actor directed that? Oh, by the way, and he directed it with his other, the other Wilson brother that I don't even know if you're aware of, Andrew Wilson. There's another Wilson. Yeah, so uh, in the early Wes Anderson movies, Andrew Wilson plays like bit uh, roles. Interesting. Um, because he, you know, Owen Wilson yeah. and Wes Anderson were that like That happens so frequently and, yeah. where there's just like another sibling yes. in the backdrop. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's another Wilson sibling, and he apparently directed this with uh, Luke. That's wild. So weird. Yeah. Oh, and look at that. Okay, that's another uh, Wes Anderson guy there uh, in this movie. Seymour Castle is in this movie with them. Chris Christopherson, uh, who uh, was in a couple other movies Mm -hmm. with Harry Dean earlier in his career. So interesting. Wow. Yeah, very, very odd. Uh, he, in 2005, is then in the film Alpha Dog, which I know you like. I really like Alpha Dog. I would really like to rewatch Alpha Dog. I've not seen it, I think, probably since, like, 2005 That's Justin Timberlake and, um... Yeah, um, uh, uh, Emile Hirsch, I think, right? Isn't Emile Hirsch the star of this movie? I think he is. Hold on. Um, but, uh, um... What is the guy's name that's so good and stuff now, and he's, like, a, a former Disney kid... Um, he's also in this movie. Hold on, I'm looking this up because this has a lot of good people in it. Bruce Willis is in this movie. Um, the Alpha Dog actually has like a crazy cast. Yes, it's Emil Hirsch. It's Justin Timberlake. It's Bruce Willis. Uh, it was directed by Nick Cassavetes. Um, and uh, gosh, what is this actor's name that I'm trying to think of? Ben Foster. Ben Foster's oh, in this movie yeah. as well. I thought this was an Anton Yelchin movie. Anton but... Yelchin is also in this oh, movie. Okay. I believe a very young Anton Yelchin yeah. is in this movie. R.I.P. What a great actor. Yes. Uh, hold on. He's got to be. Yes. Sharon Stone is also in this movie. Anton Yelchin. Olivia oh, yeah. Wilde. Um, yeah. Damn. There's a ton of people in this movie. Crazy. I remember really liking this movie. Like being kind of actually bowled over by this movie. Thinking it was like. If I remember right. It's kind of heightened. It's like a really fucking like like melodrama to the highest degree okay. type movie. Okay. Um, but I remember liking it a lot. Okay. I, I would like to rewatch it and see what I think of it now. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 
In 2006, Harry Dean is in a film called Alien Autopsy, which is a humoristic uh, reconstruction of the 1995 scandal related to the fake documentary Alien Autopsy. Oh, I don't know that I... Do I vaguely remember that? Bill Pullman is in this. Gotta love Bill Pullman. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if that's like playing off of his role in Independence Day or not. I, I know, that's like kind of funny. Um, he, uh, Harry Dean has an uncredited role in Yumi Dupree. Which means now he's fucking uh, chumpy with these uh, Wilson yeah, boys, Yeah, I right? know. And he's then in uh, Inland Empire. Which is another David Lynch. Which uh, I have not seen. One of the ones I've not seen. This is like, I believe, like a three hour plus kind of the quote unquote final David Lynch movie. I mm-hmm. believe he, this was when he, you know, at the time retired uh, with this movie, I believe. Okay. Um, he's then uh, in 2007. He's in The Good Life, uh, which what is that? I don't know. It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, it does sound familiar to me. Why did that link me to Alien <laughs> Autopsy? Whoops, maybe I put the wrong link there. Uh, and then in 2009, he's in a film called The Open Road uh, with Justin Timberlake again. Oh, so pretty it, interesting. I love that he just gets chummy with these people that he works yeah, with. Yeah, like he works with them and then they're like, oh, yeah, of course I want to work with this guy again. I know. It makes me think that he must be like a, a, a pretty easy. Like reliable. Yeah, yeah. Like good at what he does. Reliable. Probably easy to work with. Yeah. I have to imagine. I, I agree. Yeah. I think that was and, probably and the like, case. I mean, to me, I, I guess as we're, you know, I know we're moving into the end of his career here, so we'll get to talk about this, but like an infinitely compelling screen presence. Like yeah. That's kind of the thing yeah. about him, you know? Absolutely. Um, in 2011, uh, he is the voice of Balthazar in the animated film Rango. I'm dying to see this movie, by the way. I would like to see this, This too. is a Gore Verbinski movie. Yeah. He's who made the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He made the American The Ring. Mm. He's a good director. Uh, and I, I have heard that Rango is like one of those... Kind of under, yeah, uh, sung. like people really did yeah, it. Yeah, um, he then in 2011 is in a film called This Must Be the Place, uh, which stars Sean Penn as a retired rock star living off his royalties. It's so interesting because it's called This Must Be the Place, so it's yeah. taking a talking head song yeah. as the title, and then in the film, he looks like he is what's his name, Rob, uh. From the the cure. Yeah. Why can't I think of his name? Uh, I don't know, but it's pissing me off that I can't remember it. Wait. But well, yeah, he looks exactly like the lead singer from the cure, which is really interesting to me. This is like pissing me off that my brain won't just give me that guy's name. Yeah, it it never happens when you want it to. Uh, the the members Robert Smith. Robert Smith. That's it. Oh my God! I don't know why my brain wouldn't give me that, but yes, it's it's literally your last name. I know. <laughs> Oh God, that's horrible. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? I know. I, I, yeah, that is so interesting, huh? Yeah. So I, it guess it's just playing off of those like '80s like alternative like synthy bands. So, you yeah. Know? Even though that's like two totally different, I would totally think of that as different two totally different sounds. kinds of, and just kinds of musicians, yeah. even. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, in 2012, he plays the security guard in the Avengers, which I think it's really interesting that towards the end of his career, he's in Marvel, you know? Yeah, and I, I actually distinctly remember this kind of little cameo appearance from yeah, him. Yeah, that's uh, funny. Yeah. And then, uh, he plays the man in the hat in Seven Psychopaths, which I had not seen, but we watched the clip of him, um, and you have seen the movie. I've seen this movie. This movie's pretty fun. I feel like I like some of this guy's other movies a little better. Yeah. I think his name is McCarthy. I remember this was a movie where it was like, oh, it has like five actors I really like. I should see it. And then I just never did. Yeah. Uh, and actually, there's people that love this movie. Yeah. I, I may be underrating it a little bit. Um, 
This guy uh, has a brother who's also a filmmaker. McDonough, that's their name. And I feel like I like his brother a little more uh, okay. uh, as far as just the, the, the films go. Um, um, th- this is the one that did um, In Bruges, I believe, as Oh, well. which I really like In Bruges. Yeah. And that makes sense because Colin Farrell is in Seven Psychopaths yes, yes. as well. He's narrating the scene we watched with Harry Dean, I believe. Yes, um, uh, he's the main character. Of- Martin McDonough is this writer-director's name. That's who I wanted to make sure I got these names. That's why I was stuttering as I was talking there. Uh, Martin McDonough is this writer-director. He, uh, Colin Farrell is like the star of the movie. Mm-hmm. He's like a writer and he's like trying to come up with like a basically a story like some kind of pitch i can't remember exactly but he's got this pitch about psychopaths and so he, so what we were watching is him telling one of his psychopath stories yeah and then we watch that play out yeah. as he tells it which like harry dean i think they say he's like a quaker, a quaker and his daughter's yeah. brutally murdered and yes. then he like kind of just stalks the murderer until he forces him to commit suicide yes, yes. and then harry dean commits suicide uh and he cuts his throat and then takes a haul of his cigarette which is like such a badass thing because i also think harry dean was like a smoker until the end of his life uh uh, which I'm sure we'll talk accurate. about. Uh, but yeah, like it just seems so perfectly. I mean, he has no lines in it, but I really liked that scene that we watched. Yeah. Uh, and um, this is the guy, by the way, it's um, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri is like his big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, his, uh, I believe it's his brother, I think, uh, did this movie, The Guard, which I think is very good. And did this movie, Calvary, which I like quite a bit. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, in 2013, Harry Dean has an uncredited role in the Knoxville Schwarzenegger film, The Last Stand, uh, if you remember that being a thing. I do remember this being a thing, and do you know why I remember it being a thing? Why? Is I really want to see this movie, even though I understand it to not be very good. What do you mean? It's got Johnny Knoxville <laughs> and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. How could it be bad? No, but see, this movie is, if I'm not mistaken, oh, I am mistaken. I'm thinking, no, I see clicking the wrong movie. This movie is directed by a Korean director that we've liked movies by, um, Kim Ji-Woon. Um, Kim Ji-Woon made uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Oh, interesting. Okay, because, yeah, I did dig that movie. Yeah. Uh, hold yeah, because that has Song Kang-ho in it, who we love. Yes. Uh, yeah, oh, also, Tale of Two Sisters. Oh, which we, was I wasn't okay. as into, yeah. I think you liked it a little more than me. Uh, he made I Saw the Devil, which, which I like, haven't seen, uh, and I need to rewatch. I wasn't crazy about that movie, but anyway, really good, like really good Korean director that I like quite Comes a bit. Comes to America, makes this really, really weird, weird action comedy yeah. with Schwarzenegger and so Knoxville. So I actually knowing Harry Dean's in it even makes me even more curious about a movie I've always yeah. been kind of curious about. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and then in 2017, Harry Dean is in the film Lucky, which is directed by John Carroll Lynch and stars Harry Dean and uh, David Lynch together. And this movie is so cute. It's so wonderful. One, like This is like I the love... second starring role he has. Yes. And man, this is like, it's just heartwarming. I mean, it, this movie is almost like a self-eulogy. Yes. It really feels full on like a celebration of Harry Dean the man. Yeah. Um, the character just feels like him. Yes. Literally, the title card is Harry Dean Stanton is Lucky. Yeah. And so while he is playing a character named Lucky, mm-hmm. I do think the movie is about a, a man who is lucky yeah. to have lived the life that he has lived. With like people that clearly love him and care, care about, about him, him so much. Uh, and, uh, you know, Lucky as a character is this man that seemingly doesn't 
have a lot necessarily, but yeah. lives in the small town where the town knows him and cares for him yeah. and likes him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, and what's interesting is now having watched, we watched Cockfighter mm-hmm. uh, and it, it Starring in that movie with him is a young Ed Begley Jr., mm-hmm. who is in Lucky as his doctor. Oh, my God. And they have such a great scene together. Great scene together. Because they talk about him being a smoker, and Ed Begley Jr. is just like, I, at your age, like if you quit now, it would probably kill you. Yeah, he's so like, like, I would never tell another patient this, but you should keep smoking because yeah. it would kill you if you stopped. Yeah, it would be like such a shock to your system. Yeah. You just can't. Uh, Tom Skerritt is in this movie mm-hmm. as a former army buddy. Yeah, and they have this really deep conversation where Harry Dean's like, I was in the Navy, which yep. he was. And, and he then... straight up says that he was in Okinawa, I and think. He does. Like he's, yeah. I think he just says the real stuff. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, they talk about the kind of horrific things they saw there. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's and so beautiful. And Skerritt was an alien with him. So yep. it's like, it's it's this reunion with a bunch yep. of people from his career. And then Lynch is like, it seems to be like his friend, like his close friend yes, that his he close has. Yes, his friend in town. Yeah, and uh, Lynch, I mean, is always such a good presence in things, yes. but he gives a whole speech about his turtle going missing. His turtle named President Roosevelt. Yep. And uh, he, at one point, is trying to give everything uh, to President Roosevelt in his will. Yes. Uh, and his... Oh, and Ron Livingston plays Ron his Livingston, lawyer. yeah. And it's it's a sweet moment because Harry Dean's like kind of drunk and belligerent in it, but it's clearly because he cares so much about David Lynch's character yes. and doesn't want anything, anyone doesn't to like... He doesn't want to see him taken advantage yeah, of. Yeah, and so he just is like trying to defend him. Yes. Um, and, and that's how he shows his affection. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Ron Livingston is great in this movie. He's really good uh i was saying while we were watching it that he's this unique actor where like he is such a generic white guy but he actually plays very specific characters that i feel like wouldn't make sense if any other actor played them you know he also there's a moment that i love there's uh you know he's friends with everyone in the town because they work at different places but there's the woman that runs the convenience store who yes yes is mexican and she invites him to her son's birthday party yes and he like goes even though he doesn't know anyone else and he's like awkwardly eating flan and sitting (laughs) there and then eventually he just stands up and starts singing like this what's i assume is like a love song i remember like him saying me like me corazon like often so my heart um and it's beautiful watching him sing uh, yep. at this birthday party. Yeah, because, I mean, he's got to be in his 80s, I think, yeah. by the time this movie is being made. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, he looks old and frail in it. Does, but uh, yeah. is still just a very compelling screen presence. He's also still doing that great thing that he does when he acts, where, like, he is acting, but somehow his acting feels yeah. like not acting. Like Yeah, and it's very much just about, like accepting uh the fact that you are going to die yeah. and uh what it's like reaching old age yeah. and feeling all the bodily mental things happening yeah. to you as you just start to pass away yeah um yeah. it's beautiful yeah. i like it like shook me yes how much i, I, I was movie. very moved by this movie yeah. um and it is so warm towards him and about him uh and also so warm towards i think its own ideas about life yeah, and death and, for sure you know um and uh john carl lynch for people that don't know is the zodiac killer uh when i say that i mean he's the uh the actor that you yeah. probably think about because when you ted think cruz of the movie is zodiac, actually the right? zodiac yeah. killer when you think of the movie zodiac the character that they most suspect to be the killer yeah. uh is is this guy i actually know him most as uh drew carey's cross-dressing brother from the drew carey show so funny yeah um 
love this uh, this actor, and uh, yeah, made a tremendous movie. I think mm-hmm. like really, really yeah. great movie. So good. Another very big discovery while while watching yeah. Harry Dean's movies. And the idea of this movie is so interesting, where it is really just like, okay, I want to make a movie that is just about this actor yeah. that we love and care about, and we want to give him this leading role before he passes away. And yeah. like that in itself is like very moving to me. Yes, yeah. Um, and you know, that's just like an interesting decision. Like I want to make this art for this reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then the the same year uh, he is in Twin Peaks The Return, so he comes back as the same character. The trailer park guy. Yeah, the trailer park guy. And I really remember him because um, he has this moment where there's this really horrific accident that yes, happens where that. someone, uh, like one of the characters who's kind of a like piece of shit, like hits this girl and I believe she dies, and Harry Dean's, like, across the street watching this all happen, and he's just standing there, and you're watching, like, tears flow down his face as he's, like, you know, just going about his normal day and sees this, like, horrific thing happen where this very young girl is, like, struck down way before her time. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's very moving. Um, And has nothing to do with the plot of Twin Peaks or anything, but just this really standout moment. I think Lynch is really... um... Uh, he's good at this in general yeah. with actors. Um, he, I think he loves their faces, mm-hmm. loves to put their faces on camera and use their faces to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And I think he's like hyper aware of Stanton having like such a compelling face yeah. and being able to do a lot of dramatic work without really doing much, yeah. you know? Um, we as an audience are just like drawn into him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he just... He's compelling. Like he, he just he, his existence on screen is like very compelling I in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and then his last role uh, was in 2018. He was in a film called Frank and Ava. Um, which Garrett, do you have the info for that? Up there? Yeah. So I'm not familiar with this one. Uh, the it's by a filmmaker named Michael Oblowitz. Uh, it's the description is before he was chairman of the board. He was just a man desperate for a woman clinging to a dream. The story of Sinatra, as never told oh. before, and Ava Gardner, the woman who saved him by breaking him, based on true stories. Oh, er- uh, Eric Roberts is in this movie. Lucas Haas. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got an interesting cast. I guess it's like sort of a biopic. Yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, I also just have like, uh, you know, now we've reached the end of his career, I just have like a, some notes and uh, quotes from him uh, that I think are kind of interesting. Um, so Harry Dean, um, he it said one of the articles I read said he died peacefully of natural causes, September 15th, uh, 2017, at the age of 92 in Cedar Siena Medical Center, Los Angeles. It's nice to hear that that's how he went. Yeah. Um, he is buried at the Nicholasville, Kentucky's Bluegrass Memorial Garden gardens and mausoleum um and he he has this quote about death that uh i think i'll probably save for the end because that's yeah i think that's an interesting way to go out but um some of the quotes i have from him is uh when he talks about his career he says i've been rather like a cat i'm finicky i've done a lot of things and made career choices missed meetings and so forth um that would have made me a bigger star um i think but by the same token, that would have demanded more of my time too. Um, so he, like, I've heard him say a couple times mm. about like, oh, I didn't want to do this because that would be too much work for me. And it's interesting that he like cared about utilizing his time in like such a way. Um, 
he also talks about he really liked stage acting. Um, he feels like he can express everything he has to express on stage. Um, he goes anger, but also tenderness. Uh, it's not always mm. easy to be as gentle as you wish to be, which I think he is very good at being gentle on screen mm-hmm. from uh, certain performances that I've seen. Um, and then, yeah, like he again talks about how he just plays himself uh, pretty frequently, which I think has worked for him. And there are definitely nuances in the roles that we've seen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is something essentially Harry Dean yeah. to everything he's done that I have seen. Yeah, he's not an actor that disappears into roles mm-hmm. as much as roles kind of disappear into him. Yeah. And I uh, mean that as a, a compliment, kind of. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, there is a documentary about Harry Dean. It's called Harry Dean Stanton, Partly Fiction. Um, I really wish I could have seen it because there are people like um, David Lynch is on it. Uh, Debbie Harry is on it. Like all of these people that like talk about Harry Dean and his life, uh, which is really adorable. But I also feel like seeing Lucky kind of gave me some of that yeah. emotional like tie I needed. Did you tell me he dated Debbie Harry or something so like that? I th- so there was like a quote I found where he was like, being interviewed and there were people in the crowd and someone asked him like what was Debbie Harry like in bed and he said as good as you think she is uh so I assume they either dated or like hooked up at one point which like good for you man that's awesome um, there are a couple like really beautiful pieces about his life like later on. Uh, one of them talks about how Stanton spends uh, most of his evening when he's not working in Dan Tana's bar in East Hollywood, drinking with a small bunch of regulars and telling anyone who can't quite place his face that he is a retired <laughs> astronaut. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, uh, literally, this is a plot point in uh, Lucky is he spends his nights at a local watering hole with yep. the townies. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, so that's also from his life. Yeah. Um. He also had a festival that was dedicated to him called the Harry Dean Stanton Festival. Uh, you can find their uh, information online. They have a website, which is really adorable. Extremely cool. Uh, and he he did have uh, a music career, too. So you can find um, different like articles about that. Vice has an article that says there's only one good album, and it was made by Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> um, but you can find him. like He plays the, um, uh, what am I trying to think of? The harmonica. The harmonica. <laughs> Tori just made a motion like she was brushing her teeth and was like, what are these called? Oh, man. I f- hate how much I forget words. Quarantine has like not helped me. Oh, all. my brain is melted to mush. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he plays the harmonica, uh, which I found some clips of him doing. And it's it's just really lovely to watch him play. I would love to watch him play harmonica. I might, might do that while I'm working this yeah. week. Um, and then, yeah, he, he has this really interesting quote, uh, kind of reflecting on what death would be like, where he says, when you're deep asleep and not dreaming, where the fuck are you? There's total blackness. It's nothing, right? So I'm hoping that's what death is. That is all going to go. I don't want to deal with any consci- consciousness afterward, <laughs> which is uh, is interesting. Uh, that's what he looks forward to. And I think that's what like a lot of people fear the most is yeah. like uh, a thing that he is like, ah, yes, that'll be that'll be the good death. <laughs> making peace with oblivion which yeah. is uh, interesting um so yeah there were uh there's like the guardian had a really great article about him uh interview magazine uh scraps from the loft and the village voice all have done like really amazing pieces on like aspects of uh his career so uh definitely check those out uh they helped me piece together a lot of uh the the image of harry dean uh yeah. which was nice well, that's great this was uh, a joy as always i really love cho- i mean 
as we were discussing sort of at the beginning of his first episode, I don't know if it's right to call him a B-movie actor necessarily, even though the stuff that you and I kind yeah. of think of him from is like Repo Man and some stuff that maybe could Yeah, because even be like called. genre stuff were like, yeah, he did some. Yeah. But some of it's just like really good cinema that he did. But it really, I like the way just picking an actor like this lets us dive into all kinds of different movies from yeah, different eras sure. and different parts of the world and stuff. Um, so this was like fun to do, even though I don't know that he even fits our premise necessarily. Yeah, yeah. But but that's interesting too, is being like, oh, this is a person I think of as like this kind of actor, and then actually being like, oh, that's just like a part of it. Right. There's so much more. That's like a small out there. corner of their career. So uh, it's fun just like making these bigger discoveries yeah. along the way too. Um, do we know who our next episode is going to be about? Do we want to tell people that? I mean, we talked a little bit about some stuff at the beginning, so um, I think you could maybe surmise that we are going to be doing Mako Kaji for our next episode. Hell yeah. Um, as of the moment we're podcasting right now, which uh, you won't hear this for a few weeks, but um, there was just the shooting in Atlanta where mm. uh, several uh, Asian women were shot down uh, by a uh, white supremacist assist and um one thing that i thought was important was to raise up uh asian voices and asian uh, actors in this moment so um we have kind of just been becoming obsessed with her anyway yeah. and it yeah. seemed like a good opportunity to talk about her as well yeah and quite a few of her movies are floating around uh, on streaming yeah, services for sure. so if you want to catch up with some things like lady snowblood like a uh, female prisoner yep. um you can do that awesome uh, cool. Uh, oh, you can find us everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast. I'm. Uh, we're also on MovieJohn.com. That's J-A-W-N. I'm everywhere at Filmadelphia, and I have another podcast called I Like to Movie Movie that you should check out. I'm Tori Potenza. I'm also on most of the social medias. Uh, you can also find my writings at Movie John. Um, I'll be starting a column sometime soon. It may already be up even at this moment, but who knows? Uh, but I'm really excited to uh, be diving into some more like genre pieces that we like uh, through Movie John. So. Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Buzz. Buzz.